0: to episode 123 of the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking, and I am your host, Susie Botello. Three, two, one. I don't usually point out the date when we publish our podcast, but today I'm going to do that. It's March 8th, 2022, and it's International Women's Day. We're going to celebrate this day together with our guest for this episode. Her name is Antoinette Van Sleipman. and I met her at an event that I went to last month, which I attended. I was really glad to be there, and I really enjoyed a panel in which she was speaking. The panel was called Black Women in Comics and Publishing. Antoinette was amazing as a speaker. Everyone was really inspired by the way she expressed herself, she says that words matter. They sure do. Um, I want to also mention, while just right before we talk with Antoinette, that um, we have a new sponsor for the International Mobile Film Festival who was actually the person behind this event, Black Comics Day, in San Diego. His name is Keithan Jones. And he is the creator and the owner of uh, Kid Comics. The kid in you never dies. Um, I urge you to go to our website and click on his logo. Look at uh, his website where the comics are and uh, the event itself. It's going to be very inspiring for you. Now, speaking of inspiring, let's go ahead now. Let's talk to our guest Antoinette. let's welcome Antoinette Van Sleipman from San Diego. Hi. Hi. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, I met you at the International... Wait, what was it called? Oh, Black Comics Day Mm -hmm. uh, last month. (laughs) I almost named my own film festival. Sorry, guys. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when I met you on that, it was an incredible experience because... When I one of the things I wanted to make sure to do was to go on your panel. And guys, she she was on this panel, um, and she was she became an instant star. Everybody was just like inspired by everything you said. And even the moderator was like, I just can't stop listening to you. <laughs> um, it was called Black Women in Comics and Publishing. And you are a star. Let me see. Hold on. I actually did write this down because you've got a list. Uh, You're an artist, a writer, a graphics designer, a freelance illustrator, and the co-founder of Broken Chalice Studios. Mm -hmm. So why don't you share with us a little bit about that? And um, also, why did you get on this panel? Like, you know, you didn't just walk in off the street. There's some pretty amazing things that you were sharing for the reasons why... You know, it was, it was a panel and you were in it.
1: Yeah. So the panel was very much tied in to what my business stands for at its core, the mission statement, pretty much. So Broken Chalice Studios is a multimedia studio started by me and my sister, who's also the co-founder, Rose Van Sleitman. And we specialize in art, writing and film. We consider those our three main pillars. And we believe in the concept for us by us. Our goal has always been to like diversify the film, writing, video game industries, bringing black and brown female representation to the forefront, because we grew up being very aware of just how much that representation was lacking. The gaps in the media were very much apparent in a lot of the creative industries that we ourselves were very interested in. And I got into storytelling at a very young age and just from being so invested into that community it was apparent just how often i just beca- i came into these scenarios where i didn't see women who reflected me or my sister so we started this whole thing with a goal to fill those gaps and counter literary hegemony with these portrayals of characters who have empowering representation and send Good images to young girls so that you know other girls don't have to deal with what we did and there's a lot of other women who will tell you similar stories of how they grew up not being able to see themselves um, especially in male dominated industries which you know living in a patriarchy we know that's very apparent in our society and so I'm really happy that Black Comets Day had that panel Black Women in Comets because just from being there it was apparent there as well, being one of the only female creatives at the event. And majority of the other artists were male. They were all wonderful people and I made some wonderful connections there. But overall it, it became a common thing that me and my sister experienced being one of the only females in the room, being the only spokesperson, you know, and it's, it's really been a mission, and I'm really glad to have had the opportunity to speak, uh, bringing the me- the next generation of women to that panel. And I'm really glad that you were inspired by it because it's really a passion of mine, and I always seek to put those messages in all of my work.
0: Yeah, it was the connection of the storytelling, and also because you mentioned filmmaking as one of your interests and one of your plans with your company. And you happen to be in San Diego, <laughs> And, and most of our listeners know <laughs> that are that have been listening to this, that a lot of the people that come into this podcast are in another country or far away from San Diego. And so I always look to San Diego um, as having some wonderful, you know, like, no, not everybody that's interesting is far away. We have some wonderful people here in San Diego who are very inspiring. And you were talking about you know, the, um, the scene there. And I noticed that too. Uh, there were a few tables that had a guy and a girl, and then I would start talking to, you know, the female person and they were sort of telling me like, well, I'm just, I'm just helping him out. Right. And that kind of, I was like, and I remember saying to somebody, well, yeah, but you're not just helping you're a part of this. You know, you're sitting at the table, you know. Exactly. And I think making people aware of different situations helps people notice it and change it, right? Exactly. It's, and
1: I, I'm always talking about this with, like, my peers and colleagues in terms of female representation. It's very important that women are being put behind those scenes to tell their own stories. And it's not just the men because, you know, even then we see a lot of stereotypes being perpetuated in the media by men themselves, especially when it comes to black women, you know, the hypersexualization that women experience the stereotypes and a lot of people aren't aware of them. And I, I firmly believe that only women can tell their stories the way it should be told. So that's really what broken child
0: stands for. I'm really into the whole empowerment thing. Um, because mm-hmm. storytelling, um, there's there's uh, there's sometimes that I've said, you know, the most powerful thing in the world, um, if, if, if we had an, an apocalypse, right? Money would be worthless. I mean, I don't know. Do you like zombie movies? <laughs> uh, yeah, I watch them. <laughs> yeah. So in the zombie movies, right, for example... Uh, money goes away. It means nothing. Nobody cares. It's like, oh, I have a million dollars. It's like, so what? What I need is this and I need that. And so people are resorting to survival mode, right? And money doesn't really end up having, because money is just a piece of paper or a a piece of metal or something, you know? And so one of the things that I noticed when I was watching The Walking Dead, right, Mm -hmm. is because it's a series instead of just one movie is how people over time they their group gets larger and they start to build a community. And when they're building the community, they, they are empowered to actually win and and survive together. They have more power together than they do apart, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that brought them closer to each other is so they're walking around, they meet each other and then they have the night scene, right? And in the night scene uh, or while they're waiting for others or whatever they're doing, they're just sort of a a couple of the characters are like stuck hanging around each other. And what do they do? They actually share stories with each other, how they got to this and and things like that. And when they share their stories, they start to connect. And when they start to connect by sharing stories, they start to trust each other. Mm -hmm. And that's where the spark of the community comes from you know, through trust, and then they become powerful as a community. So I always see that empowerment in storytelling being way more powerful than all the money in the world.
1: Yes, exactly. It's so true. I I like to think of storytellers as like subconscious gatekeepers, creative pioneers. Uh, If you think about it, you know, we hold the stories in our hands just through words. And we have the power to like engage a different dimension where we bridge realities and challenge perception of what's reality in general. And I I always like to say, you know, our job is not to truly know or understand as human beings, but it's to create from that unknown extraordinary, extraordinary things that will live on when we no longer exist. And you could see that from like the beginning of time, how narratives kind of become immortal through history, and we hold on to them, whether that be religion or history, philosophies. It's all the written word, and it it's carried with us and passed down from generation to generation. And I think through storytelling, we can reach universal levels of influence.
0: That's the key right there, the influence part. Mm-hmm. Because the most powerful people in the earth <laughs> through times— like, uh, let's just go a few years back to, like, Julius Caesar, right? Uh, during those times, the people that shared their stories, right, they had their voice carried through all, all their entire country, and people would pass their word on as the authority, right? Right. That doesn't mean they're the only ones who told stories or had stories, but it was theirs that went down in the history books, Where where everybody else is, it's like, well, they don't matter. And the thing about mobile filmmaking, and guys, I'm just, I'm trying to inspire her. (laughs) Um, It's working. (laughs) The cool thing about mobile filmmaking is that now you can be that voice and share your story through film, right, to everybody in the world. And if you have a message with your story, and most most film directors do, they always have a message. They always have a piece of themselves that goes into their stories. There's there's a bunch of different filmmakers that, that tend to do things like that and it's because they have something to say. And film is the way to say it. And sometimes film is it's kinda like, you know, comic books and And books, you know, novels Mm -hmm. and all those things. We were talking about video games, you know. The stories can be more accepted, I suppose, than us standing on a street corner going, Hey, you know, let me tell you, this is is how this is and this is how this should be. You know, sending that message in that way as opposed to sharing it as a story um, in a way that people can consume it better. Exactly. Yes. And the one thing
1: that I find very interesting about mobile filmmaking is the accessibility of it. And if you look at a lot of that's going on in the black community in particular, how we're not able to like access these creative industries and avenues because of the accessibility and how we're not really encouraged to pursue a lot of the stuff that you're speaking about. It's because you know when it comes to filmmaking, equipment is very expensive. And Not a lot of people have the access to them. So if you think about phones, almost everybody has a phone and we carry it with us everywhere. And that is actually a great possibility for those looking to get into film. So I'm really interested in that specifically when it comes to mobile filmmaking. And another important thing that you just mentioned was having something to say. And I think that's really important when it comes to storytelling and narratives. Is having that message, knowing why you're doing what you're doing. I think a lot of times too many people have the spotlight and have all the backings, but don't have anything to say. And I think there are also a lot of people who do have a lot to say, but they're silenced and they don't have the tools to have their voices heard. So when it comes to mobile filmmaking, I think that's a great possibility to fill those gaps.
0: Most definitely. Um wow, I'm just trying to, I'm just like absorbing everything you just said. (laughs) You know, this is, this is what happened when I was, you know, listening to you in the panel. And what was happening to everybody there is like, you have a very good way of expressing yourself and saying these things in in words eloquently.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, words are powerful. Words stick with us. And I learned that from engaging with words, from reading at a very young age. And listening to people like you and making connections and learning from the silence as well as the noise.
0: It's one of the things. So in film, right. um, It's, it's almost through, through an action and a perception, you know uh, you don't always have to say things for people to get it,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. to get what the message is or what is going on. Um, Sometimes you'll watch a film and by the end of the movie, these these thoughts and feelings are turning around in your head over and over again. And it may not have that much to do with any one particular thing that that happened in the film. It was just, film has a way of subliminally sending messages. Right, you know? exactly. It's kind of like um, I was working at a, I, I wasn't working, I was... Uh, asked to work in a local news station here a very long time ago way before the elephants no I'm just kidding uh <laughs> <laughs> but it was um I spent a night there and there was a guy that was editing he says do you know how much power I have he says the news anchor is telling this story they have they're putting so much trust into me because I'm taking the b-roll the, the the images that that people are seeing while they're listening to the news anchor and do you know that those images can really change the message of the story that the news anchor is is talking about right now he says oh, listen to he he was telling me he says listen to when they talk about burglaries and they don't have an actual burglary he says do you realize that they're putting uh videos of of low-income neighborhoods in there the message that that's sending that that's where burglaries happen or that's who's causing the burglaries and I was like that's so true and that's what happens with with film you have the audio right Mm -hmm. and the spoken word and then you have the video and right. you can use that creatively to design a, a different message and, a, and create a feeling in your viewer. And the thing is that because of the phone, like once you start doing it, once you start making a movie with your phone uh, and recording and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to learn more the more you do. Right? Because as you watch what you've recorded and how you put those things together when you start editing them, you'll see, just like any viewer, what the message is that you just conveyed to yourself about doing that. And you can change it and see how that affects you.
1: Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people will underestimate the power of the media. And let me just tell you those who control the media control the narrative. And unfortunately, that's just how our society is wired. And it's, it's more than obvious just how disproportionately those who control the narrative are white male. And that's exactly why I'm always talking about why women need to get behind the cameras and not just in front of it. Like we need to see ourselves, but we also need to be the ones in control of how we're being seen. And I always say like, you know, the intangible world can claim a life in the most beautiful ways. And that's what makes it so dangerous. It subconsciously controls how we see each other, how we perceive each other. It's very much a mental game. And just how, you know, we don't see ourselves growing up. We don't believe that we're worth being seen. And I think that spirals into a lot of other problems that we see. And we're not aware of the root of it, which is very much this visual chasm that exists all around us. And we don't consider those pulling the strings behind it.
0: And isn't it awesome to be able to think, right, that you can be the one pulling the strings, you know, to, to tell the story from your perspective and be a part of the, the entire narrative, you know, as far as being included.
1: Yes. I always... Love talking about that. Like even at Black Comics Day, I loved it when like the parents would come up to our table and say, you know, my daughter, she's an artist and she likes to draw. And I'm like, tell her to keep going, keep drawing and let her become a businesswoman as well and know how to protect her work and build an empire from it. And I always like to encourage other creatives to like see their work for the you know potential that it has.
0: You know, I was talking now I can't remember who it was, so I'm not going to name the person, even though I almost just did and thought maybe that's (laughs) not the right person. But I was talking to somebody about cosplay and the fact that you have, um, you know, when a little kid, right, says, I want to be Batgirl or I want to be Spider-Man or I want to be Wonder Woman or I want to be, you know, whatever, right? And the parents will just have, sort of laugh it off, like they're just they're just playing around. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like sometimes as they get older, they're like, "Well, I I kind of want to be like this." They change it into in, into I want to be like Wonder Woman. I want to be like blah blah blah. That's like them already starting to give in, mm-hmm. you know. And then you go to uh, you go to um, comic-con here in san diego and you find these cosplayers that are that is their career and they're buying homes and cars and paying their bills through cosplay they travel in different parts of the country with their cosplay they become famous for it and people will pay them and it's like you wanted to be wonder woman and now you're getting paid to be wonder woman so who's to say right don't kill the yeah. dream for a kid <laughs> because we're not in the future. We don't know how things will evolve if we let people evolve things. Ooh, I just said a cool quote. <laughs> yeah, I'm going I'm to have to write that one down. <laughs>
1: yeah. And you know, what? I love just how at these events the kids would come up to our table and point out specific illustrations that we would have and they'd say stuff like, Oh, wow, she looks like me, or, oh look, she looks like you and uh, and I, I would love to like dress up like her. That's tell me more about her. That for me was so fulfilling because it really just keys into why we started the business in the first place is to bring that representation of girls because, you know, just the range of like the way women look, our our body types, our hair texture, we come in so many different shades. And I just love how we were able to tap into that and show girls images of themselves and they felt empowered
0: by it. Yeah. And you also have the power to change yourself whenever you feel like it. You don't need permission Mm -hmm. for that. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, tell me something about Broken Chalice and what's the plan to go into the film industry? Yeah. So like I
1: said, we have three pillars and film is very much one of them.
0: Uh, Specifically with
1: film, we are looking to expand into 2D animation. Uh, We have a lot, we have a whole universe of characters, essentially, and stories that we're planning on uh, producing in the 2D animation world. And that's really going to be our first branch into the film industry. And then we want to get into building an actual film studio for our company and uh, basically bringing in everything that I've already mentioned previously, that representation for like uh, Black heroes, specifically Black and brown women. So right now we're looking to invest a little bit more into that kind of equipment and work on our stories. But film is a, a an exciting goal of ours that we're really motivated to get into right now.
0: And now you know how to get into it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is why networking is so important, you know, through Black Comics Day, I've met you and now I'm having this wonderful conversation about film, mobile filmmaking and representation.
0: Yeah. and I, And I think you know, again, it's, it's just, it's an opportunity that's too easy to not take. What, what we tell people all the time is like, well, you know, it's no big deal. You record something, you don't like it. You look at it, you go, eh, you delete it, whatever, you know, no big deal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, um, it's a really easy thing. It's easier than what people. So if you, if you're, Following the filmmaking world in general, right? Um, it, it can be very intimidating. Mm-hmm. And in this, in this other, you know, manner of mobile filmmaking, if you start really digging in a little too deep, you can go down the rabbit hole of what lenses do I get? What this do I get? What gimbals do I get? All these little technical things. And once you go down that rabbit hole, you may never come out. <laughs> And, and yes. no film ever gets made, you know, but the story is, is the key. And if you have stories and if you have messages that you want to convey, uh, through your stories, then that's, that's the perfect thing. And I think you'll definitely succeed with it. And whether you want to continue as a mobile filmmaker or not, it doesn't, it, it's not important If at least It'll give you the opportunity to step inside of the filmmaking world,
1: yeah, exactly. And the heart of it all is a passion for storytelling, of being a creative visionary and having that message. The message for me is the heartbeat of the company. That's what, you know, drives us. It's our lifeline that keeps all of our pillars standing up straight. And I feel like, you know, with mobile devices, it's a lot easier for other people who don't have, you know, access to these kind of big budgets and equipment to get into this industry that is very much so lacking representation right now. So I'm really happy that, you know, there's a space for that and that you're helping uh, filmmakers get more awareness of that space.
0: So not to change the subject, but there's a word that, that, um, that I saw here, it's called artist. (laughs) Yes.
1: What is that? So artist is, so I come from a family of artists and I believe there are different types of artists. There are performative artists and then there's artists who speak for something and through their work, but not on just a artistic level, but on a very intellectual level, it's a very, uh, very psychological depth that connects to people through a different type of avenue Mm. that a lot of people feel but cannot see and when i say artist, i see it as a combination of the fact that when i illustrate it's for a higher purpose or a more intellectual um intention in a way but i also like hearing other people's perspectives of it and interpretation so yeah, it's a little thing that I like to refer to myself as, because sometimes I hear the word artist and I
0: feel like mm, that's just not enough. You know, what I mean, yeah, because you have your own angle.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's just so much to being an artist that's a lot more complex than people realize.
0: It's a big net. hmm.
1: Yeah. And then BC, you know, we tap into things that go pretty deep, you know, in the complexity, the mores of humanity and I see that reflected in language and sometimes language can be not, it can't carry the weight of creativity sometimes. So I like to explore different words.
0: Yeah, I really like it. I I actually Googled it (laughs) and I was like, Google doesn't even know what it is. What? (laughs) That's the power of words, you know, there's, you could always make new ones. Yeah. Oh no, I know. Right. How awesome is that? The world we live in right now is like so so ichi, like so what do you call it um oh, I forgot what that's called uh in in the Asian world right the um the the negative and the positive Do you mean like Yin Yang. Yes, it oh, was okay. really simple. I just for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I doubted it for the, like. Yeah, because you're like she. It. Can't, it can't be that one simple thing, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, I agree.
0: Yeah. Um. So one more thing to to well, a few more things, but um, talk to us a little bit about some of the things that your studio, uh, provides.
1: Yeah. So we provide art freelance services. We're open to commissions. If anyone likes character design, character customization, we really specialize in that. We do different styles from realism to cartoon. And we also do graphic design services. At events, you see we'll always have like our art prints set up. I have poetry book and a mini graphic novel titled Black Tina, which explores black and brown women of history and their historical contributions through the eyes of a little girl who kind of plays dress up and she idolizes them as Black Tina because, you know, I like to bring that multiracial heritage to the forefront as well, because, again, that's another gap that exists in the media right now. And my poetry book is really more of a uh, spoken word style of poetry. And it talks a lot about revolutions and movements and uh, empowerment it's a very emotional poetry in a way but in a way that i hope that inspires and yeah we make merchandise through our art as well so we have stickers we have new acrylics and we're working on our very first graphic novel we're hoping to have it done pretty soon and it'll feature one of our characters from the bc universe so we'll hope to introduce that soon we're very excited for that Wow. Yeah, and besides I'm just, that, we're also working on, like, some fiction books. Just,
0: yeah. Because I saw, I went on your your website and the illustrations there, and I'm like, holy cow. I mean, I was thinking, you know, one of the things that I noticed um, probably may happen with you too, but sometimes I'm clicking on a movie to watch based on the poster. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that some posters involve illustrations and things like that that are just like so awesome. And then you watch them movie, and you're like, what is this? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But at least it gets somebody to click, right? That's, that's the goal. Yeah. So do you guys do posters and things like that? Oh yeah. We do graphic design, marketing,
1: right. brand design, uh, logo. My sister has done album art covers a lot. Uh, I'm also open to copyright services. We cover a lot of different creative avenues because uh, we are we are a multimedia studio. So we dabble in a lot of different areas.
0: So this would be good for um, people in the mobile filmmaking industry as well to tap into because sometimes um, like novice mobile filmmakers don't have the access, you know, to traditional, you know, legal services about copywriting and things like that. And, you know, artists for, you know, the services that you named, which are a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And it can help yeah. them. I mean, just, just creating something for their film, you know, uh, and, and stickers even, you know, for them to take to film festivals, you know, yeah. when they go there.
1: Yeah. Like we're really looking to expand our merchandise into different products that people can enjoy But overall, we kind of stick to our main theme, which has always been drawn from like history, imagination, speculative radicalism and cultural integrity. Yeah. You know, through like either animated film, creative writing, graphic novels or like fine art, which really was our foundation for the business to begin with.
0: Exactly. And that that's the kind of stuff that really attracts people. You know, those those illustrations that you're talking about. Um, yeah, when I was when I was watching them, guys, w- wait, what is the it's a broken broken chalice art dot art dot com, right? hmm. Yeah, if you go there, I mean, you're just going to stay there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah, no, it's just uh, amazing artwork. Now, when you're doing Thank that you. artwork, is that all you?
1: No, some of it's my sister's So we pretty much do a little bit of everything, but we have specialties. So I specialize in the writing department and my sister, she specializes in the animation department. But in terms of art, we both kind of uh, sprung from that root, And from there we expanded to digital art. So you'll find a little bit of mine and then a little bit of my sister. So it's really interesting because some people will be able to recognize our different styles. So it's always fun to see if people can like Pinpoint which one would be mine or my sister's. But yeah, uh, we're very much to the yin and yang of the business.
0: (laughs) Going back to that, right? Yeah. Hey, I have a crazy question to ask you. And maybe you won't even want to answer it, but why not? Let's see. Shoot it my way. I know, right? (laughs) Um, So so you have access to a phone that basically has an awesome camera, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And you want to tell a story and the young people of today have a lot of stories they want to share. They have a lot of messages they want people to get a handle on, right? Perspectives and so forth. And say that they say, all right, you know what? I'm going to use my phone and grab some people and we're going to make some movies that send this message. How do you see that in the future, like literally changing the world into a better place,
1: I think people will be able to hear the untold stories, the the the, um, the narratives that exist in the quiet noise. And I think we'll be able to see two sides of the coin for once. And there will be a lot more control in the hands of people who have had their control taken away from them. And we might be able to hear voices that have been silenced. Because um, you mentioned a lot about how videos taken from mobile phones have become viral and that from that awareness spread to like a universal level and it may not have been like a film a motion picture but the 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 influence is could could potentially be immortal in that sense though how it resonates with us how the recordings of certain cases of police brutality people will always remember that and refer to it and i think because of those recordings a new avenue is opened where awareness can be spread it's up to people to choose what they do with that awareness if they can act on it beyond you know a tweet or you know just holding up signs it's up to that person but at the end of the day i think hearing these stories is what could trigger that first spark of resistance and hearing the stories that we might relate to and that we were completely unaware of it it might be able to spread out the control of the narrative at least that's what i believe
0: stepping into somebody else's shoes for a change will really exactly yeah and evoke some sympathy towards one another that is so lacking right now not with Mm -hmm. everybody but in, in at least that's what the narrative is right now that nobody has sympathy when when in reality you and i both know personally that's not true Mm-hmm. But it is still true for a lot of people. You know, it, it's it's very lacking in sympathy. It's very mm-hmm. easy for people to just wave people off, especially because it's on social media. Mm-hmm. And really,
1: that's, that's a huge difference between sympathy and empathy. Yeah. And like how some people won't care unless it's something they personally experienced or dealt with or, you know, know about at least. And I feel like what we have... Is sympathy that goes nowhere and lack empathy that inspires action.
0: Yeah, because it's like <laughs> like the parent saying, Well, stop complaining about this because when I was your age, blah 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 blah, it's like that's not sympathy. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Or I, I should say that's not empathy. Um, exactly. It's yeah, very you're different. Really,
1: you're really not considering yourself in that person's shoes. You're really only thinking about how it affects you. And exactly. Because
0: you're looking at it through your eyes and your perspective instead of that other person's perspective. Yep. Uh,
1: such as the ways of human nature, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. But I think films do that. As a matter of fact, there have been some films that will bring to light, say, a sickness or a disease or you know, a condition, right, that someone has. And all of a sudden, it's like they will donate to charities or volunteer or, you know, it moves people. You can literally move people into action without even calling for it, you know, not Mm -hmm. like those little videos and then they say, if, you know, uh, like the ones, oh, I can't watch those. The ones about the dogs freezing and starving and being abused. I just literally cannot... I have like PTSD mm-hmm. or something like that. And uh, <laughs> I just cannot. And so but when people I don't blame you. Yeah, when people people do that and then at the end, like, do really do you even think you have to say help these animals? Because I mean, if you're not feeling that when you're watching that, <laughs> something's I'm wrong. Saying, like
1: visual storytelling is so yep. powerful. It's so impactful. And the most the more interactive it is, the more, you know, you, you really bridge that space between human beings.
0: So as a director, as a future director, that's part of the, your job, is to exactly. make sure that your story connects with your audience, the audience we, that you're targeting, because you can't yes, possibly target everybody. But if you do, you do, right?
1: Exactly, and that's what I aspire to do. It's my mission, is to have that connection with people, have things that sparks debate, discourse, You know, I always say, like, if you walk away from watching a film with no reaction or no feeling, it could be something as even like anger. But if you don't have that, for me, I feel like that movie didn't have that connection with anybody. But when I walk out from a movie and like I'm still talking about it a day later, that's how I know that movie connected with me, that I was drawn in. And it may not even have been my favorite or something I found incredibly likable. But the fact that I'm still talking about it a day later is that it's on my mind.
0: It it captivated you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that's that's part of that's part of the job of the of the film and it's you know we're talking about when I say filmmaker one person but it really is it's really a lot of times making films is a great opportunity to build a family in a way, you know, of creators together working for that goal because when you do that, it really does enhance the potential of your film and your story. And you get input from different people, you know, in the pre-production phase while you're putting your story together as a film. You know, when you're storyboarding, you know, when you're writing the screenplay and you have members of, you know, the team that you're going to be working with, your crew, uh, certain people that you trust, you know, people that you don't people that you trust to basically say that's not gonna work you know or that that sends off this feeling all those things collaboratively collaboratively um help you make a better film yeah exactly it's a
1: manifestation of the greatest kind you know it's just storytelling is freedom to me you know it's just the sweetest perfection
0: oh i like that (laughs) (laughs) it
1: really is and it the The fact that it's just part of so many different areas in the creative industry, whether it be like graphic novels, fiction novels, uh, games. We were talking about games earlier and uh, film. It's all there. And I feel like we'll always need stories as human beings at the end of the day. We'll always connect with that story. The word, the power of words will always be that spark. That we may be in denial of, but it exists, and we will we we will feel its flame, one way or another in our lifetime.
0: I love it. I love the way how you, how you, you even brought a flame to it. <laughs>
1: I mean, come, we're here to set the stage on fire, aren't we? <laughs>
0: That's right. Spark a spark of creativity. <laughs> um, hey, you know, um, I I want to make sure that we covered everything that you expected us to cover. Um, so let me know if there's anything you think we missed something else that you might, you might, you know, want to talk about.
1: Uh, I think we're pretty much on track. Um, we're always down to collaborate with other creatives such as yourself, and we're looking to expand network our, our long-term goals to have a physical space. But, uh, as of now, if you want to support us, you can check out our social medias. Uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, uh, art Station, as you've mentioned. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Overall, we are creatives at heart looking to build an empire of our work. And you'll be seeing more of us soon, I hope.
0: Yeah. Are you planning it? Do you have any ev- other events and panels and things like that scheduled?
1: Well, we just uh, finished Kumba Fest mm.
0: last weekend. And it was great. We
1: had a great time. Met some wonderful people there. Me, personally, I do. I have a panel set up. March 24th with City College. I will be talking with the wonderful Dr. Lawana Richmond once again oh. uh, about Afrofuturism. I'm very excited for that. And I'm also going to be at a convention uh, also March 10th. It's the CCA Writers Conference. I will be on a panel with a uh, senior agent and my boss, Natalie Lacosil. We'll be talking about writing for high school students, publishing 101, really excited for that uh, I have a couple of other things lined up but uh, we're also looking into NF- NFTs right now that as a business mm. uh, and then Comic-Con hopefully soon right. Broken, you'll be seeing Broken Chalice as a vendor at Comic-Con nice uh, you know we like to speak with our actions and when we say we want to see black women at the table we'd like to be that example we speak of because uh, I you know I have to bring up this quote once again as the great Toni Morrison once said, "If there's a book you want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, you must write it." We write our stories, and that's why we want to see how our work does beyond San Diego. But San, but Comic Con has very much been a goal of ours for a long time.
0: Do you ha- what, Well, where can people find links to to go and see these things, if there if there are any of them that are open to the public?
1: You know what? We will most likely be updating through our social media. Um, Okay. Yeah. Through our panel coming up, I'll most likely be updating that. Uh, But yeah, we we tend to like to post early about what events we're going to, like the Kumba Fest that just ended. So yeah, if you want to stay up to date with things Broken Childs is working on, the best thing is to follow us through our social media.
0: And another thing is, um, guys, Antoinette, Plans to come to the International Mobile Film Festival, so you can meet her in person and connect. Yes, I do. Yeah, and ask her about all the most awesome things that she does. But make sure you go to that website, uh Broken Chalice dot brokenchalice dot artstation dot com, and check out the illustrations because they're just jaw dropping. They're incredible. Thank you. Yes, and if anyone's
1: looking for freelance work, you can shoot us an email. We're always open to commissions and we love working with other creatives. And I'm, I'm very excited to be attending the
0: convention coming up as well
1: as the film festival.
0: Awesome. All right. One thing we always do, say goodbye to our listeners. Yes, got to love the listeners. Thank you and goodbye, everybody.
1: <laughs>